Hello and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and sweater weather. My name is Bob. And I'm Matt. And we're going to talk about video games, but not before we discuss everyone's favorite and most scintillating? 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 I think the first half of that word is silence, so I think it's just intillating. Intillating. Yeah. Topic, the weather. It's, it's nice out. It's real nice out. Oh, it's good. I had the blankets right up to my chin last night. It's, Refused to close the window. Yes. But yeah. It is perfect. Leave the window open, but bundle up weather. Yeah. And then you go out there in the morning and it just feels like the fall. You're right on that cusp. The fall breaks over the horizon as the earth pivots into a different season. The yeah, celestial dance continues. I sweat less. There's always that. <laughs> You know that thing that happens like when you take a warm shower and you retain that heat and that's why you can't take warm showers in the summer? Uh, it doesn't necessarily stop me, but I do know the phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you don't need to worry about that anymore. Now it's like you enjoy your warm shower because it's the only thing keeping you from having to be outside in the cold. But I like being outside in the cold. Well, I mean like once you get out of the shower and it's suddenly cold. Oh, that's such a good, refreshing, bracing sort of like, shock to the system. A system shock, if you will. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I think that brings everything right around to Video Juegos. Video Juegos. It's time for games. Um, so I'm our news editor, and I've put together... Bob, Bob took this rollover from me last time because he didn't like how I did it. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. Uh, so I'm replicating the exact same format. <laughs> what we decided to do here is I'm going to read some headlines from the past week, and we're going to rapid fire, knock through them, talk about them, and see what Matt thinks. Where are you pulling your headlines from? Uh, these are all actually from Polygon, oh, a website that really should have been called up. Voxel because it's part of the Vox network. But that oh, is, well, wow, well put. Have you ever emailed them about that? No, it's one of those things where the, when they announced Polygon, yeah. I thought of it, and then I saw somebody else saying it online, and I was like, this guy gets it, <laughs> and there has never been any and sort of... And that guy was me. Yeah, probably. No. I don't even remember. Do you remember a voxel action? Yeah, I love a voxel action. That was one of the standout Xbox Live Arcade titles. Indie games. Yeah, yeah whatever. We need to do a podcast just about our favorite Xbox Live we indie do. channel games that no one can ever play because they're all gone. But oh, like man. just in memory. That it, rabbit game where you raced down oh, half pipes as a rabbit. That was amazing. That game's great. The flying do, game. The flying game with the incredible music. There were a lot of... Uh, real winners on the Xbox Live Indie channel. And yeah. then there were games like Temple of Doglorak. Uh, Doglorak? <laughs> Doglorak? I think it was Doglorath, but Doglorak <laughs> works yeah. too, considering I, the I subject matter. I think that matter. the creator was more into the racks. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about one. the news from the past week. So Matt, the Miiverse is closing down. It's official. Uh, Wednesday, November 8th is the last day for Miiverse service on the Wii U and 3DS. And I also learned reading this story that in 2014, they launched a web version of the Miiverse that I guess that you could have just used on your computer. Uh, that's also shutting down. So now that we know about it, we hardly knew ye web version of the Miiverse. Have you tried booting up the web version of the Miiverse? No, I have not. Well, maybe we should try and do that before they close it down. Yeah, I mean, we have. A, I a have. Lot. 
I had a 3DS for a while that I just yeah. didn't play much. And so I have a me somewhere in the Miiverse. And mm-hmm. essentially, he's sitting in a corner somewhere, like kind of staring at a wall. He probably doesn't even know that the world is ending as far as he's concerned. They're yeah. on the edge of an apocalypse. All of the Mies are living on Alderaan, <laughs> and we are all standing on the Death Star, and Nintendo Watch. is Grand Moff Tarkin, <laughs> and we're we're just going, like, Dantooine, they're on Dantooine, and he's like, hur, hur, hur. and then he's pressing the button, <laughs> and all of the Mies cry out and are suddenly silenced. Uh, the Miiverse, for people who, I don't know, have lives, is a Nintendo-focused social network that existed on Nintendo consoles. Um, starting with the Wii? The Wii U. Starting with the Wii U. Yeah. Okay. And it allowed you to have your little me avatar draw pictures and talk to people and basically did all the stuff that now is just in the Splatoon 2 lobby. Yeah. Uh, which Much is sort improved. of a strange thing. Yeah. This is better, probably. Um, did you ever draw anything on the Miiverse? No, I, I didn't. Um, I don't really remember engaging with it. I just remember engaging with Street Pass, which I thought was fantastic. I want the Switch to have Street Pass. I'm really surprised the Switch does not have Street Pass. I bet that they add that as a feature once they eventually drop like the 3DS. I hope so. That'd be really cool because that's a great way to find out that there are other nerds on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. No Final Fantasy 15 sequel. This is my favorite headline from the week Whoa. because it makes no sense. So this is the headline. Here's Final the, Fantasy 16 yes, canceled. The, <laughs> right. Because the headline is there will be no sequel to Final Fantasy 15. And you go like, what? Quoi? Just yeah. remakes. <laughs> um, no, it's actually that there will be no direct sequel to Final Fantasy 15 uh, in the tradition of Final Fantasy 10 2, 13 2, and Final Fantasy 4 the after years once uh, first of all the after years is one of the worst names for a <laughs> sequel to incredible. anything ever uh i is like, oh, what uh, years was it the after the ones, ones? The, the ones that were after <laughs> um i do want to point out though that final fantasy 13 actually had two sequels so that that is true yeah. uh and i think was there a am i making it up a 10 three no i think 10 only had two okay because, yeah, there were only two. I think two, ten two wrapped up that story. Um, do you remember when Mega Man X came out? Yes. I remember, like, getting in fights on the playground over whether it was Mega Man 10 or not. And I just kept having to point out, like, no, there's there's not it doesn't 10 make Mega sense. Man games. Yes, yeah, that, that would be stupid. There, there, weren't, there wasn't a Mega Man 9, so how are we going to... Yeah, man, people are idiots. I'm still angry about that. I mean, that's that's weird. Actually, no. I'm just I'm angry because I had a really frustrating time with a video game yesterday. But we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, we're going to get to that. That's it's a just teaser. I'm still seed. pissed off at the people. I, in you general. you seem very. You are gripping the I know table in front of the box in front of you. It it is alarming. I'm also I'm kind of cradling it. But um, it's a weird thing. Anyway, uh, I do think it's also interesting that they're just jumping into remakes or demakes of final fantasy 15 rather than well what they trying said, to expand that story they are trying to expand the story they yeah, implied th- that they're going to do a lot more dlc so it seems as though this is going to be supported for years well this makes sense because that that story was was like a quilt missing half its squares wow that's one of the best metaphors i've ever come yeah that was kind of incredible um, <laughs> honestly shut no. it down <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Um, it was just, that was just a. It was just. It was an atrociously stitched together story. 
like it's it's sort of astounding and an interesting relic i'm sad i hope that they don't like up i'd hope that they don't force you to upgrade the main game like i hope that there is still a version of the original like disc content with day one deal uh patch that you that can will never happen play like that is. i, I mean i know it's not because they've already announced that a software surface but i find it like that game as it originally existed is fascinating in its oh it's bonkers yeah it's well like it's incompleteness and it's vast vast breadth like yeah. there is so much useless shit in final fantasy 15 and it seems like then there are large parts of the critical game systems that kind of eh, i gotta make a pinball thing and somebody just like <laughs> didn't make them and they just kind of trailed off into nothing it's a it actually would be it would be i'd be interested to read like a comparison between like Final Fantasy 15 into incomplete state and the second disc of Xenio Gears. Mm. Have you ever played Xenio Gears? I've never played played Xenio Gears. That's a game where it's similar to Xeno Final Gears. Fantasy. I don't know, but people pronounce it different. I think it's Tenno Gears. Tendo Gears. Techno. No, no, it's 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 Tenno Gears. Tenno Gears. Oh, I got it. Hey. See, it's your inability to understand <laughs> this joke that made the playground such a difficult place for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> I always thought it was because I was so good at freeze tag. Um, <laughs> Everyone, the other kids were you. jealous, <laughs> and yet they could say nothing before they were frozen. frozen. <laughs> um, <laughs> they called me Ice Man. <laughs> um, uh, and all you wanted to be was Nice Man. Uh. In any case, the second disc of the second half of, of Xenogears was truncated in basically a lot of lot of text. While the only graphics were like one of the main characters sitting in a chair telling the story, as though your me was recounting yes. its exploits <laughs> to some other me in the endless void that will become the me space. Yes, but much more Christian. <laughs> oh, ain't that always all the right. way? Let's let's blast through the rest of this news hour. Oh, news, I'm having a great editor. time, man. Uh, all right. Are you aware that for the 2024 Olympic Games, France is considering esports? I did not know this. Okay, so is that, that actually the title? This is a two. two the, the title is "Are you aware?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my edition. Oh, okay. I want to have a. I want to have a news magazine called "Are You, Are aware? you aware?" And it's just me <laughs> questioning whether or not you know things. Whether or not the thing is true, totally inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> are you aware that bears can operate machine guns it may or may not be true but your awareness now matters. you know your awareness makes it so yes truly it's a tulpa your awareness makes it so is the subhead of that <laughs> that's pretty awesome this is, seems like a meme oh i love it uh okay so the south china morning post um are you aware that there is a newspaper called the South China Morning Post? Yeah, I believe that's out of uh, South Dakota. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, China, Dakota. Um, so the International Olympic Committee chairman, Thomas Bach, I assume no relation to Sebastian, singer in Skid Row, uh, <laughs> said that they don't want... So, they, okay, there's two parts to this. One, France is considering... They're considering for this French Olympic Games in 2024 having esports. And now we have the first insight into what they're thinking. And what they are thinking, according to this guy, Thomas Bach, is games that do not feature violence, explosions, and killing. Uh, because the games are all about 
non-discrimination, non-violence, and peace among people. Um, good point. That is, that means that the only games that they can play at the Olympics are Mario and Sonic, bringing Dude. us back to Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, a video game that actually got made. Um, but in all seriousness, I can't think of any games that are played competitively. I also feel as though those games both involve violence. Uh, millions of Goombas. I mean, Mario kills. As Ma- you as you pointed out, it feels good when you're Mario and you murder dudes. <laughs> yes, it does feel to good. Call when- back to our very first episode. Well, your very very first murdery episode. <laughs> I did I did emphasize my love for uh murdering Mario You know that game Mario is missing? Yeah. Yeah, I played a different one which is called <laughs> Mario is murdering. <laughs> murder and mario and and everybody was looking for him they're like where did he go and it's because he's on the lamb uh because they know they know the truth um so my question is number one matt what games can we play at the olympics can um, you think of any competitive video games that are not insanely violent arguably civilization i do not think that has the competitive scene necessary I mean, this is how you build it. These are just like eight day long matches. <laughs> I want I want an Olympic sport where people are regularly like getting up to go to the bathroom, cooking like an egg, coming Well, back. they're waiting for yeah. their turn. <laughs> the thing just kind of grinds around. Man, what what could they play? Um I guess MOBAs involve a lot of violence. A lot of violence. I don't know. I've never played a lot a MOBA. of. There's. I mean, is you're it just, like graphic? Um. Okay. I mean, it's not particularly. They graphic. could play that game, Catherine. You know, they don't mention anything about sex. It's a very French. Custer's thing. Revenge. They love. Is they love sex for the Olympics. <laughs> the the French. They love the sex. <laughs> they might be into Catherine. That's a very French game. Yes, I can actually see. Uh, is Catherine a French name? I think it might be Russian. Okay. Or Katarina? Oh, uh, I guess. Yeah. That makes more sense. Uh, it's actually derived from the word cat, I am a which pedant. means cat. <laughs> anyway, so I, I guess I don't know what games they can play at the Olympics. Do we think that esports belong at the Olympics? Um... I don't, I can't answer that right now. I really would need to think about that. Okay. I mean, this is... Why? Because I don't really care about the Olympics. So I am... See, that's that's where I don't understand you. Because you're giving me some... I have to make a decision... You are. I. I have just. I, I have just. The chairman. So Mario has murdered Thomas Bach and the uh, chairman of the IOC. You are now the chairman of the IOC, Matt Rickard. A strange appointment. Nobody really understood it, but they like where your head's at. You are making the decision. Are video games an Olympic sport? Yeah, and I would say that I need to go play some video games first, or like troll Moby games for. Some, I mean, yeah, I, obviously, I guess if we do that, then it's like, what are the games at the Olympics? Ocarina of Time. What's that? What's that like weird flash game where you're like always moving your where you have to Quop? Move? Yeah. Yeah. That. Let's play that. OK. I think I think Quop. I would actually I think a very good argument could be made for Quop. Being oh, the only not your legit. friends. 
Mount Your Friends is my pick for Olympic Games. Mount as Your well. Friends, 100%. Yes. And Done. He doesn't say anything about dongs. Nope. We, which, they love the dongs in the Olympics. That's That was the whole point kinda, of it back in the Grecian. Honestly, yeah. Like, yeah. That game probably is the most Olympic of games. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's all about men working together to s- straddle one another and reach a goal. Dude, if they could get the uh, Summon the Heroes, John Williams music for like if this allowed them to license that for mount your friends that would just take that game to all new (laughs) heights i mean the music in that is already oh it's really good but i played it so much that i know it already okay so i kind of want a different we gotta play that a different vibe that game's great another indie uh arcade hit what's the name of the dude who made that uh stegosaurus games yeah yeah and then he was working on a game where you were i believe a monkey that caused anarchy a monkey monkey i don't actually we actually i want to point out for the listener at home who listened to uh episode seven like a monkey i still don't know if dave matthews wrote a song about being a monkey oh i actually figured this out did you look it up yeah i did look it up after did dave matthews write a song about being a monkey he did it's kind of a um i remember thinking like that i didn't actually know this song i think it's because it's, it's a more recent song it's not like a it's not from like our high school days when we were actually listening to Dave. I owned Dave Matthews Band CDs. I remember I got it as like a birthday gift. And I recall immediately vomiting. Just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it made me violently ill. No, I just, I remember putting it into my CD player and getting like three songs in and then just kind of out loud just being, I don't like this at all. And then just never listening to it again. And I think that that record was called Busted Stuff. Oh, I like that record. I I think that everybody in that band is very talented. I, I kind of don't have like the huge hatred for Dave Matthews Band or anything like yeah, that. I'm either. totally ambivalent about them. But I just remember it was one of those things that people I knew liked them. And so yeah. I thought I was going to like them. And then just kind of that creeping realization that's I'm never going to like this. No, it's just beyond you. That's okay. Yeah. It honestly, the what's this Carter Buford's fat drums and Boyd Ting Tingsley's sultry violin riffs were too much for me. They overwhelmed my feeble mind. Hey, and I said, Bring back the blink. It's not a big deal. And then not, I went and listened hey, to Blink it's 182. Okay. It's okay. Thanks, man. This has been therapeutic. Yeah. I have one more news story. <clears throat> and I saved this for last because it is the most exciting for me, but also I'm really worried about it. And I'm curious what you will think. Super Meat Boy forever. Uh, there is a new Super Meat Boy game. <sighs> team Meat reunited. It is Team team Meat. It is Team Meat. Uh, and they are in 2018. It's launching first on the Switch. It's called Super Meat Boy Forever. And... Uh, I've watched the trailer for this game. Have you watched the trailer for this game? I have not watched the trailer for this game. Okay. Uh, Meat Boy punches guys in it. He has a yeah, fist. That, I heard that like, that's the big change, though. It, it like comes out of his chest. Uh, I don't know I about it. that. Then there's this other element of it where the levels, apparently, every time you replay them, randomly generate and become more difficult. Wait, do they randomly... It's this is Genera- unclear because that seems shitty. Well, that so seems this is an- why, like the antithesis of the Meat Boy philosophy. I agree. This is the premise of it is that it is Super Meat Boy forever. You can play it forever because the levels will constantly change. I really, I really don't like that because it. Yeah, no, that seems that doesn't seem to work because that game was so carefully crafted and uh-huh. clean. 
I you got the sense and that they had made ten levels for every level that was in the game. Yeah. It was like the ideal Mario Maker levels. Yes, agreed. That um, is exactly. It was what like it was someone like. had to beat it like eighty times in order to prove it, no matter how hard it was that yeah. it, that it worked. Yeah, I, um, I mean, but I trust them, kind of. Maybe do I? No, so, I don't. I like the Binding of Isaac. Is that just McMillan that made the Binding of Isaac? Uh, so he made the Binding of Isaac with some other guy. Okay. Then he recently just released this game called The End Is Nigh with a different guy. Okay. The End Is Nigh is extremely Meat Boy-esque. Is it about the Meaverse? Uh, no, though he claims it is about his own experiences with game development, despite the fact that it just looks like Super Meat Boy. But the difference about that game is that it's Super Meat Boy without the overworld, so every time you leave a level, you just jump into the next level. Okay, interesting. Which I think is actually probably a worse way to do that, but uh, yeah. that game has not been particularly well-received. So it's Mario 1 as opposed to Mario 3? No, it, it doesn't have... You never bump out. It's literally just a contiguous world, but you're only on one okay. screen of it at a time. So you're jumping from this level that's one screen. You jump, the screen pans over. It's like Zelda. Okay. But now you're in another Super Meat Boy level. Okay, I see. And you could jump back. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Meat Boy punches people in this game. I don't, I don't know about that. I'm not opposed to that. I'm mostly opposed to the idea of any kind of random and randomly generated levels. Yeah, I, I can also see that angle. I The whole thing strikes me a little strange, um, but we'll see. Um, I don't love the art style. I don't know. I I've, Is the art style different? The art style is uh, a little different. It looks kind of harder edged, more cartoony. Mm. I, I'll be honest. I was really excited about a new Super Meat Boy. If you had told me at any point from when Super Meat Boy came out until now that there was going to be a new Super Meat Boy, I would have been really excited. And I am excited, but now that it's upon us, I don't know that I need it because Super Meat Boy still exists and is good. Yeah, I guess the question is, have you beaten the original Super Meat Boy? Uh, I'm on the last level. And yeah, I was, I've never beaten it. I Honestly, like it's one of those things where I've had a friend beat it in front of me and I know exactly what I need to do and I just kind of can't do it. You had a friend beat it in front of you? Not on my game, not on my save. Oh. <laughs> That's good. God. Um, all right. I mean, that that's this is we're, we'll review it when it comes out. I'm not feeling too hot on it, but do you? I guess should Meat Boy punch people? I'm fine with Meat Boy punching people. I have no problem with them introducing a new level. Like it's not like Mirror's Edge. It's not like this is necessarily going to totally ruin it. They just need to balance the game from the beginning to include punching. Were there any enemies that you could kill in original Meat Boy? I don't think no. there were. Yeah, everything no. just killed you. Yeah, I don't. See, I, I like that purity. I mean, I because I'm that's not how opposed, I view the world. But then I'm I'm okay with them designing a new a new system within Meat Boy as long as it's from the ground up, because we'll always have the original. My issue is that it becomes that ground potentially <laughs> it becomes potentially unplayable if like you have randomly generated levels that just like don't quite work. Which is why I presume that maybe they're not totally randomly generated. They say up to a point. I, I honestly that kind of sense. don't know how it will work. We'll have to see. Um, all right. So that's our news hour. Now I have another question for you, Matt. Shoot. How's your souls? Hello, Dark Souls, my old friend. Well, 
Uh, we both played some Dark Souls. Yes, played a fair amount of Dark Souls myself, actually. I did Making up for lost time. I did not make much advancement in the world. Mm. Um, I'm going to tell you a story that picks up where we left off last time. So to bring everybody up to speed, last time we found the tricking trickster who had stolen our Onion Knight's armor. Little bald man that... It appears he murdered the Onion Knight. What little bald man? What murdered our friend? Yes, potentially. maybe killed our only friend in the entire, in the entire dark universe. Because I haven't seen Solar yet. Have you seen Solar? No, I have he's not. Got to be in here somewhere. He he must be in there. Yeah, but he's right at the end. I wonder. Like, uh, sometimes I wonder boss. if somebody's just like hanging out in Firelink Shrine that I have. I just haven't into. noticed them because yeah. I was. Have you wandered around outside of Firelink Shrine repeatedly? A little bit. Stuff changes out there. Like, there's a guy praying to a grave now that wasn't out there I saw before. him just recently. Yeah, yeah there, there's just stuff going on. That's the thing is that, like, this game requires you to do a lot of wandering and backtracking to a degree that I didn't recognize earlier. Um, so, anyway, yeah. we discovered the tricking trickster. I, I murdered him. I was, also have I have you now, now murdered, murdered him. him and you got the onion knight's armor. I got the onion knight's so, armor. I gave his ashes to the ash lady. So I was trying to figure out where is our onion knight or at the very least where is our onion knight's corpse. So that is yes. That is where that the is story your quest. picks up. That is your quest. So the first thing I did, this is my adventures looking for the onion knight's corpse. Yeah. This is, uh I I went the onion knight chronicles. So I went through Irithil again. This is a Irithil above the Bor- boreal. Mm-hmm. boreal 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 like aurora borealis valley um i went down into the dungeons there the irithyll dungeons um and i got as far as the profane capital and yes. then i turned back mm-hmm. because there were multiple avenues i could go and i still didn't find the onion knight so the first thing i did was that i went down to the smoldering lake which is a spot that i'd gotten to previously and then just sort of didn't explore that's where there's that giant crossbow that shoots you yep. and there's like a dragon thing uh, um, yeah, like a snake, snake covered in metal. It's like the dune. That is, ex- is beast. a sandworm. A sandworm. Yeah, that's totally what it is, except that it's not in sand. So I just dodged through all that, and then I went down into the demon ruins. I like the demon ruins. Did you see the statues down there? I yes, and the demon ruins are the most bitchin' doom level. Yes, ever. truly, it they is. Look, it has got to be a direct like reference. They to look doom. exactly like the doom. linearity and like the low ceilings and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very it's cool. a blast. Um, so anyway, I'm I went down lost the... down there currently, actually. Oh, really? I have no idea where to go, but we can talk about that in a okay. second. Okay. So I did go down there. I didn't get lost. I kind of cleared out that area. Um, still no Onion Knight. But the dudes down there dropped a ton of Titanite shards. Yes. So I had all these Titanite shards. So I went back to the Bonfire Shrine. Which Titanite I found... shards allow you to upgrade weapons. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're somewhat rare, become less rare. But I had, I gathered. I feel like, like they're everywhere in this I gathered, game. I like, have like 70 of them. I gathered 40 just down there or yeah. something like that. They, every enemy drops them. So I had a whole bunch. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home. Um, which is actually how I think of the Bonfire Shrine is that I think of it as home. That's, I also think yeah. of it that way. So, um, and I went and I was like, I'm going to upgrade one of my swords. So I took the... I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it, it looks like the word, like Astoria, um, like the neighborhood. Yep. Uh, so I took the Astoria sword, not its actual name. Astora, I think, but it doesn't matter. Okay. So I took the uh, Astoria sword um, and I built that up. It's a big, great sword. It's got a lot of reach. Yeah. So I made that like plus five. Um, and it's like it hits for more, but it's much slower than the ice sword that we've been using. 
So I decided to test it out. It didn't work well with the big knights in that castle where the giants are. I can't remember exactly what the castle is, but that area where you fight the deepens, the deep deacons. Okay, you went in there just to just yeah, to just to like it. test yeah. it out. Um, and so I want so I was like, I want to test this on an area with swarms of monsters. So I looped back to the cathedral of the deep bonfire, and I went and I started like swinging it around a lot of the monster, like where you get all those guys that just keep coming up out of the ground. Yep. they're not like skeletons or anything. And they can poison you and stuff. So that was fun. Or make you bleed. Yeah, that was fun. So I went back. And I was walking rose. back to the. Cathedral of the Deep Bonfire, the one that's like in that church, right? And I noticed something that I had not seen previously. I only noticed this because I had been testing out my big sword on the big swarms of enemies. There were a, in a, in a corner um, by the entrance to the church, there were a whole bunch of like red flashing like messages marks you know that that people can leave in dark souls i'd never seen them there before and i walked over and there was a well and before i could even read one of the mar- the the messages i heard a voice calling out to me saying like hello hmm is there anybody there hmm i seem to have gotten stuck down here hmm. he's alive he's alive and well i and threw well him, and well i threw down in his armor well. He asked me for his armor and I threw it down to him and he said, thank you. I just need to put this on and then I'll get out of this well. I'm a little worried because it's kind of a narrow well and he's sort of a, a curvaceous man. Yes, I, I I, don't think the armor is going to make him slimmer. No, but um, he did not come out of the well then. I kind of like couldn't talk to him anymore. So I was like, at, you know, I've, I've done my duty. He's alive and well. He's I'm going to go right. get him. I'm going to go get you him. You go find him. Um, and so I assume that we will meet him again before too long. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so yeah, he's back. Oh, that's so. Re- like, the Onion Knight so is relieved. back. Uh, yeah, I was really worried that they'd killed him. I um did not find the Onion Knight, but I did go down into the profane capital. Uh, I As fought. We call it Washington D.C. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, I fought the giant that lives there. Uh, I did not know there was a giant what lives there. He is a Lord of Cinder. Is he? okay i was i'm just i was going to continue to make trenchant political commentary but i'm just gonna let you talk tell your story yeah no this is hard hitting (laughs) this is this is why people come to this uh but uh i killed him there's that continues the trend in this game of the bosses having zelda like weak points or Mm -hmm. not necessarily even weak points but rather they have less and more obvious kind of gimmick ways to defeat them that you need to sort of discover. How do you feel about that? I go back and forth on it. Uh, It adds some variety, but I always, one of the things, and you can just kill them by hitting them. I was, I was sort of disappointed by this fight, but uh, we'll wait. It's the fight with Yorm, the giant, and we'll wait for you to get there. I then, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I did fight a different boss. I fought a boss called Pontiff Sullivan. I have spelled, not gotten to him. It's spelled S-U-L-L-Y-V-A-H-N. And uh, it's clearly just Sullivan. 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 <laughs> Sullivan. Or Sullivan. Yeah, it's like some absurd spelling. But yeah, I, he's not a Lord of Cinder, but it was a hard fight. Mm. But okay, so what happens after you fight Yorm Giant? Well, so you're down in this area and there are a lot of enemies kind of in the area around him. Um and they're relatively easy to kill, but they drop like the there's hordes of basic enemies that are worth 850 souls 
and there are these large dragony stone guys that you get like 2500 or 3000 off of oh geez and so then i just hung around farmed that i'm now level like 75 mm-hmm. and then i took this sword i had called the dark sword uh which i got off of one of those crazy knights uh yes i have this sword too okay so it was first in my inventory i assume because of alphabetization Mm -hmm. and i was just kind of looking at it and i thought i should just upgrade one of these things so i started upgrading that sword and then i was like i should put a gem on this sword and i just looked through them and there's one called the refined gem which increases scaling for both of your things so it makes it scale better with dex and strength yeah and now I have that thing at plus seven, and it's a B scaling with both dex and strength. Jesus and Jesus. I just wreck things. Nothing can hit me. I, I wander up to things. I hit them twice. It doesn't matter how strong they are. I hit them twice. They are dead. So you've left the winter sword behind. The winter sword does not scale as well as this sword. Yeah. And because I was grinding and dumping all the points into strength and dexterity, every point that I put into strength or dexterity, the sword becomes three points stronger. Yeah, that's not... And it doesn't matter which one I put it into. Yeah. So I'm just on this infinite scale. And I have that ring that boosts my dexterity. And I'm just... It is powerful. Um, But now I'm lost in the demon ruins. I don't know. I I went and killed the old demon in that area. The old demon demon king. If you go past the snake in the smoldering lake. Yeah. If you run past the sandworm. Oh, I never went into that... that, that It was just a very... I found him very difficult, uh, a very difficult demon fight. It took me several tries. Um, But then I killed him. He's just a demon. And then... He's just a demon. He's just a demon. Uh, And now I... Just a demon king. (laughs) A king of the demons. This isn't a demon pope. It's weird because his his, little lair is full of demon corpses. So he seems like kind of a dick. Uh, I don't know. I'm beginning to think that hell's not very well run. Uh... (laughs) So the one thing I do want to talk about is what I think has been the neatest part of this whole section, which is that you are... The Onion Knight? Uh, I mean, he's the best part of anything, but I'm saying the stuff that I've been playing recently, yes. which is that you are constantly descending. And this game does an incredible job of making it feel like you are really just getting into... You are deep underground, and there's it is you're never going to come back up it feels like you are just constantly walking down staircases and you're oh, just okay. down and down and there's just caverns on either side and it actually really after Irithil of the Bo- yes, boreal valley when you start you start going immediately down after that you start going down and there's no point when you're resurfacing you are just underground and it feels to me very claustrophobic and i'm like very co- conscious of the fact that i'm deep underground mm. and it really enhances the dread of it for me it makes me uncomfortable yeah i i see what you mean especially if you do it in a sustained if you're not fast traveling and you you travel through yeah that's definitely i i feel that i feel that i haven't spent as much time down there i went through the dungeons again looking for the onion knight at one point i've wasted a lot of time looking for the onion knight i mean i was just grinding and so i was just kind of hanging out and doing stuff but um i uh I look forward to getting back down to the profane capital and figuring out what's up down there. Yeah, it's cool. I I just kind of don't know where to go next. But well, I'm on a totally different track because I killed Pontus Sullivan and I'm now like in a totally different area that has like these weird callbacks to Honor Londo, Londor with like this. There's like these. Is it Honor Londo or Honor Honor Londo? Londo. Honor Londo. There's like these dudes like 
you're supposed to be running up this. You remember in on Orlando when there's the 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 archers? Yeah, who can knock you off of yeah. the there's a pads. there's a, a callback to that okay. in this. Um, that which makes is sense. Interesting. I've been waiting for that. Honestly, it just seems like such a distinctive memory for everybody that played that game. Of course, they're going to yeah, do that. So it's super familiar. Um, but I had to clear out some like little people sized dudes first. Yeah, people sized dudes. People sized right. dudes. Uh, Time so to move on. That's some souls to our uh, other. I still love it. Quig, that's my Quiggles. final my final take on souls. Other games. Yes, other games. Do you want to say first? games in French? Gums. Gum, the gums, the legs, <laughs> the legs. Uh, do you want to do you want to go first about two other games? Things. Okay, yeah, I, I've got I have I've, one thing. I've so. got two very quick things. Hit us with both of them. All right. So I decided that I was going to play some Uncharted multiplayer. Oh boy! Lord knows why I thought this was a good idea. My experience with multiplayer has been pretty minimal recently. I mostly have just played. Um, Overwatch. Yes. So I booted this up. Uh, I was playing a horde mode because I don't want to play against other people. So it's like it's called survival mode. Does that team you up with random people to fight AI com- like yep. enemies? Waves, waves of AI enemies. That sounds fun. So we were all Nadine from the game, which was cool. So we were all like all three of us chose to be like Nadine. Because um, I love it when the characters are all the same person. Yes, exactly. It's so always we were all hilarious. like working together. So like waves are fun. Waves are fun, man. Yeah, I ended up playing... It's what surfers know that we've just learned. I ended up playing uh, four rounds in total. The first one was pretty good. I had some fun. Like There was some lag every so often, but my teammates were, were good, and we like got through it. The second one was, was all right, too. Um, <laughs> each of these would last about 45 minutes, I want to add, oh so I spent a lot God. of time Yeah, through 10 waves. That's a serious commitment. So it's that a is lot, some Dota level commitment. It's a lot different commitment. than Gears because you are you have to constantly be moving. This is not like drop behind cover and shoot stuff game. Mm-hmm. This is like you need to be constantly be swinging and moving and I dodging. I thought this was jumping. a cover-based shooter. It is, and there is cover. But if you sit behind cover, you're just going to get killed because the enemies will, um, what's it called? When they'll Flank. Flank you. Thank you. Like a stake. Like a stake. Like an XCOM. Yeah. Um, like an XCOM. <laughs> Like an XCOM. XCOM. Um, so it's it's just yeah, it's not gears, unfortunately. Um, because what also is? it's just like not heavy enough. The guns aren't heavy enough. There's lag. The shooting in those games is not, I don't feel, tight enough yeah. to support that sort of high impact precision situation. Yeah. And so by my third game, I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with the shooting. But I kept going back because it's waves and it's addictive, right? Yeah. Waves are fun. Wait, again. My last game. So there's this there's this thing that you can do in this game where uh, you can revive players by walking up to them and holding down triangle. Or you can go to like these boxes where you get new guns and stuff. You can also revive all the other players by paying like 2,500 points or something Oh, that's like that. a, that's a neat little mechanic. It's a neat, neat little mechanic, unless if one of the players doesn't understand how to do it. <laughs> so my fourth and final game, we were stuck on Wave 9, and this other dude and I knew how to do it. This third Wave dude, 9 from outer space. Yeah. Wave 9 from hell. Um, <laughs> this third guy had no idea. So frequently, I would be dead, the other dude would be dead, and and like the other guy who knew how to do this would be dead and the other and the asshole would be running around going to the box to buy more grenades it's right there it's like right it's like do you want to buy a gun or do you want to revive all other players here's he a, had the money i know he had the money because i had earned that much money up to that point in the round here's a question matt yeah 
is it possible that he's just way better than you guys because he was alive and both of you were dead? I mean, he would die quite often too. We, I, we played Wave 8 for an hour. The whole thing oh God. lasted for an hour and 45 minutes. That is a nightmare. And that I just, I so eventually bad, quit. Dude. I didn't want to quit, but I quit because I could not, I was screaming at the guy. I had my mic, I put my microphone in, <laughs> in the attempt to talk to him. And I, I don't know if, he, if like how that works. It was clearly registering my voice because it would show like a little audio thing above me. <laughs> but I, maybe he, I don't, I, it was, it was maddening. Uh, it drove me crazy. I love like, this. Is, why does anybody play these games? Why does anybody ever play with another person? I hated it. It was awful. It was like a miserable experience. I'd never want to play that again. I don't ever want to play with another person again. Um, like in a team-based thing. And I feel like I feel like you just are like a jilted lover. I feel like I'd be mopier if I were a jilted lover. I feel like I feel like election level irate, where I'm just like, (laughs) how could how could somebody do this? That's a roughly equivalent event. Definitely. How could how could someone's ignorance lead, <laughs> like <laughs> in a minority of ignorance oh, no. leading to like a a majority failure? I see. Well, I'm I'm sorry that it had to go this way for you. Um, it's bullshit. Yeah, it seems like it was a really rough time. Uh, so the game is not great in this context i mean that's not the reason that you buy an uncharted game okay it's actually a more robust um survival like horde mode than i would have expected i think that like in some ways it's really interestingly balanced yeah and it is i will say that once you're down you can watch other players you know from their cams and it's actually really fun to watch people who are good at this game just like swinging around dropping grenades like you like there are moments when you're like swinging on a rope and then you get like the um the square prompt and you just drop down and punch a dude in the face. Oh, that does sound and fun. And it's still like a little magnetic, but it's like so chaotic yeah. in the multiplayer that that magnetic nature like kind of is a lot but of things fun. Things being magnetic can be good. Yes, it, definitely. It, it, it's a very fine line you walk though. Exactly. And in the middle of the chaos, it's really satisfying. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, But yeah, I don't, don't, no, no, just, I don't want to talk about it anymore. All right. What was your other game? All right. So my other game was, um, kind of was expert because this was being discussed on a podcast I was listening to, but it's a, a, it's a twine game called the writer will do something. Have you ever heard of this? It's by Tom Bissell and Matt Burns. I have not heard of this. So Tom Bissell is the author of um, a book about video games called extra lives, which came out in like 2010 or 11 or so. Uh, He was a novelist or he is a novelist and a journalist, but so he came and he's like a well-respected literary kind of like writer, Um, you know, writes, major pieces books books and he wrote a book book called extra lives where he was just basically like i love video games i also once had a cocaine problem and it coincided with my grand theft auto issues um anyway he worked classic he wrote about video games and he worked on gears judgment did he really yeah the bad gears the bad gears he worked as a writer what a pedigree so this is partially based on well i mean but that game had a very interesting sort of like story conceit yeah that was the only interesting part of it to his credit so um he worked on this with matthew burns who is a producer or was a producer at bungie and infinity ward worked on some major titles um was like the producer for for halo 3 so anyway it's a twine game um you play a writer you and it's basically you're just in a room talking to a like lead level designer, the uh, creative director, the art director, um, 
the systems dude who describes himself as a systems dude. It's interestingly written and there's a lot of like kind of like funny, cute asides, but you have to make decisions by answering questions. Uh, it isn't everyone praises this this thing though, and I, as amusing as it is, who is everyone? Who is everyone? I've heard context? a lot of praise for this online. I've the read internet. a lot of praise, yeah, okay. on the internet. Um, and a lot of like respected designers really like it. I think because it or reflects. think it's like an accurate depiction of the game design yeah. process. My issue with it is that just as a game, but also as a story, like you as the character of the writer are too much of a character. It like tells you in the beginning that although you are signed on to create what is essentially like the third game in a Gears of War series that is just not called Gears of War. It's like a Space Marine series, though. Um, it could just be Space Marine. It's called Warhammer. Wheels of Fight. <laughs> Wheels of Fight. Uh, anyway, it just, it like tells you upright, like, or outright, like a lot of like the decisions that you have to make are only difficult because like you are a shitty writer. For some reason, it like decides Boom. to tell you that you are a shitty writer. Well, I mean, I think that, that just speaks to the deep insecurity that we all feel when I, we're working on well, the bad gears. If of it war. is you are a you are a shitty writer because you have not played the previous games in the series and you are not caught up on the story. That's like good. it points out that like you still have not played the games and you guys are like twelve months away from shipping. <laughs> so, I like that. I, I do like that. But it, it ruins the game because like my answer to all of the questions would just be like there is actually a solution here you just need to not be shitty at your job boom um lay it down matt so i don't know it's frustrating though like it's it's interesting as a piece of commentary i guess but like it's it's also like less effective yeah because it has made the player character an idiot yeah but it's sort of funny i don't know there's a great dark souls joke a I great do, series of dark I souls i do jokes. like dark souls they they all like dark souls too well they are probably in the right then i don't yeah, know it's a really it there's some good there's some good stuff in there okay anyway and that's on the pc or the mac yeah it's a twine game you just you just google the right we'll do something and find it you can play it yeah cool it's twine it's it takes like you know maybe 15 minutes it's all reading awesome um so what did you play yeah so i i uh played a lot of dark souls and then i finally went and downloaded something that i've wanted to play for a while which is neo turf masters uh, so this is a game for the Neo Geo. Uh, and is it like a gang fights? Uh, no, it's not about turf like that. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, it's yeah, it's Neo from the Matrix. Uh, just decides to become a Latin king. <laughs> I, don't As, know you they, know, I don't know if they would let him. No, in. you're just able to decide. That's my understanding of how gangs work. Is you just pick one. <laughs> you just, say, just on the player select screen. You just. <laughs> That is how it works in Dark Souls. You do just pick your gang affiliation. Yeah, you kind of do. Uh, although I don't really... Well, we can talk about that some other time. I kind of don't fully understand Next how time. covenants yeah, are Just working. tell me about this golfing game. So this game is uh, for the Neo Geo. It came out in 1996. This is a re-release that you can get. I guess it's on iOS uh, and Android. I have it on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and it's a golf game. It's an arcade-based golf game that you can... Uh, it's just a straight arcade port, so it will still prompt you to put in more coins, but you can just press the button and go. Um, this game's awesome. I think it's great. I always wanted to get it because I thought it looked really pretty, the screenshots I'd seen, and it is gorgeous. Uh, so it's that extremely late period pixel art where it's kind of 3D. Like Some parts of the environment are very lightly three-dimensional, but it's all still done with 2D pixel art. And the swing animation, if you do one thing, having listened to this podcast, uh, you should go and 
watch a gif of one of these guys swinging a club because there's like four million frames of animation on it it looks incredible uh it's so smooth and this was an originally in the arcades it was originally in the arcades and on the neo geo home machine which was just a what year was that 96 it was 96 yeah it's just a really cool fun golf game that you can play with your friends you can play while you're you know watching something that you're mildly interested in it's difficult um it seems very deceptively simple at first and then the difficulty ramps very quickly on some of the harder courses but um it looks gorgeous and it's really enjoyable very casual and i think that if you were drinking with some friends it would be a ton of fun i haven't had that opportunity yet but i'd recommend it um we should, we should try it out sometimes yeah soon. it just looks great I just love the way it looks. There is this voiceover when you get on the green where this woman just goes, on the green. And that it, sounds so David Lynch, the way you said it just it's, now. It's so weird. I can't, like the idea that they recorded this and we're like, that's the one is totally crazy. It was take 103. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we I found guess we got to do it. Um, so there's that element of it that's weird. And then the music is the most insane midi jazz that is oh i like that it is such just like gran turismo menu music like but is it like chill jazz or is it like i I wish it was a little chiller it definitely it's not like anxiety inducing jazz though not really what what it's the most indicative part of it being an arcade game rather than a home game is that the music clearly is meant to like stand out in the arcade rather yeah. than be something that you're I'm golfing at home just sitting on the I couch because I'd prefer some like smooth jazz brunch music. I would imagine that I can turn the music off, yeah. which and would we probably be and just have the sound because I do like they have a great uh, ball dropping into the cup like like, you know, it's, I can hear it in my head. It's so good. Um yeah, it's a really neat game, and I wish that more people would use that super high-resolution, super frame-intensive sort of 2D art. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, everybody's you know really making kind of chunky 16-bit-looking things, and what I want is that tail end of 16-bit, we really know how to do it, Street Arcade. Fighter 3, yeah. yeah, SNK look, Uh it's just a lot of fun. So Neo Turf Masters, it's like seven bucks and it's a great time. Excellent. Excellent. Birdie. <laughs> Did they have David Lynch just do all the voices? No, it's, it's, a, it is a lady. I is think it is a lady. <laughs> Birdie. <laughs> Birdie sounds like the name of a David Lynch For character. double bogey. <laughs> Matt, this is the part of the show where we talk about something else that we've liked from the past week. Yeah. <laughs> what have you liked from the past week? Um, I've been reading this book of uh, sort of like long short stories or short novels by a Japanese author named Kenzaburo Oe. Um, last name is O and then E. Um, he's a Nobel Prize winning author, so pretty well known in Japan. I don't know how well known he is in the US. Uh, he's not I don't know him. Haruki Murakami, that's for sure. No. Uh and I I'm just sort of fascinated by them. A lot of his stories he had in reality in the nineteen sixties he had a son who has um who is mentally challenged and so that's like informed a lot of his writing. Mm. And so a lot of his stories are sort of informed by that, but they're also just like super weird in a way that is unusual in, in, in a pacing way that you just don't find in a lot of um, 
American writing. You'd see it more in, in French writing, maybe. But like, it's it's very interesting and sort of like surreal, but very clever and grounded and and deeply felt as disturbing as it often is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stories essentially about men who either have unhealthy relationships with their sons who are usually mentally challenged or who <laughs> and, maybe it's, and it just have, says and it just says not autobiographical yeah. <laughs> underneath all the titles or maybe who have murdered their mentally challenged sons and you know oh my in the God. crib and now are haunted by them that is it's all very dark that, um, that pivoted real hard it's all very dark it's very it can be very upsetting oh. it can also be like strangely very funny like there's an interesting Hilarious. sense of humor um, I really like it. I don't know. I've just been, that's like kind of the first thing that came to mind when, when we were thinking about other things. Uh, so I dig it. I don't know if anybody else would maybe check it out. Do you like weird things? Do you have a strange relationship with your mentally challenged child that you kind of want to explore in disturbing ways? No, I don't. I still liked it. <laughs> All right. Um, Wow. I I have I'm not prepared to follow that. I didn't really engage with anything this week that blew my mind or was just oh that was amazing. Um, I don't know. I think the new Queens of the Stone Age record of all things is actually kind of all right. I like the ads that they keep putting up for it. Do you? Yeah, I, I think those ads them. look kind of nice. So the A cover banner ads. The cover looks nice, and then uh, I assume it's the cover. That, that is the I'm cover. Saying. Yeah, yes. it's the record's called Villains. Um, and I think Queens of the Stone Age is fine. I liked Songs for the Deaf just fine when I was in high school. Um, that was their record at the time. This record is cool because uh, they made it with Mark Ronson, the guy who produced Uptown Funk. Uh, and a lot of other great songs. Yes, and a lot yeah. of... But he's like a real pop producer. Yes. And so he and the guy from Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Homme, uh, became friends working on the Lady Gaga record because he play, Josh played guitar on that record. Um and now they made this record, and it kind of sounds like Queens of the Stone Age covering new pornographers' songs. I would like that. Yeah, I, I kind. It's a weird thing because every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is kind of a great record, but I actually think it's the prototypical good record. Mm. Um, where is this a record that you should like go and just tell people like you need to, you need to listen to this record right now? No. Are all of the songs on it kind of just like toe tapping, like hand clappy guitar rock boogies? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It's not the greatest thing ever, but why not? Um, so Queens of the Stone Age, villains. It's pretty good. Also, the cue in the font that they use on the cover, uh, it has a really cool cue, which I guess if your band has the word queen in it, you should have a good cue. Yeah, that's so. the Freddie Mercury always said. Yes. Was... <laughs> yes. Uh they had a strong cue. They did have a strong cue and and strong logo overall. Oh, I mean Queen's graphic design, generally speaking, was awesome. Have you ever seen that one cover for uh One Vision? No. The Queen? It's like either a, I don't know if One Vision was an album or a single release, but I think it was an album. But the cover is like this early computer graphics merging of the band members' faces, and it is so disturbing. Uh, it is so weird. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I would recommend looking it up just to kind of... It's easy to forget how much cocaine Queen was doing. <laughs> and then, is it? <laughs> I mean, I think that what's amazing is that 
no matter how much cocaine you think Queen was doing, you look at this cover and you say, it was a lot more than I thought. <laughs> so uh, check that out. And I just realized that I forgot to say the name of the Kenzaburo Oe book that I was reading. Uh, and it is uh, Teach Us How to Outgrow Our Madness. <laughs> and, and on cover, that note... <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to write in and we'll read your, what you say on the air. Oh, um, yeah. We have one other reader mail that we're saving for next time. Yes, we, we will going to talk it. about it. It's, a, it's kind of a big one, so we need to prep for it. Yes, we actually do. Um, I need to devote 10 hours of my life to playing <laughs> something. So we're going to talk about that. But um, Send us more. Yeah, send us more. You can reach us at podcast at zerostars.co. That is a C-O, uh, no M. And we look forward to hearing from you and hope you tune in next week. Yep. Bundle up out there because it's sweater weather. Sweater weather.